0: Hey, it's Dr. Jenny Christerna, and welcome to another podcast, Your Mental Health Minute. And I am talking today in this podcast about whether or not your progress in treatment is being halted or hampered because of your therapist, or is it that you're being resistant? So I get a lot of calls from people who are looking for a quote-unquote new therapist. And I do take some time before I actually decide whether or not I want to schedule an appointment with them because I need to know, first of all, if it's really that they need another therapist or maybe they need to go back to their therapist and work out a few things before they decide they need another therapist, okay? So this is one of those things where it can be, it's a judgment call, right? So I do my best to, to try to figure out what's really going on because I don't want the same situation to come up with me and a particular patient who's looking for a new therapist, okay? So with that said, let's start at the beginning. First and foremost, I always say give you and your therapist about four to six sessions. That's when you can really at least start to get comfortable determine whether or not you can be open with them about certain issues, especially the most pressing issues. And it also allows your therapist to get a better sense of whether or not he or she can be as helpful as you need them to be, if at all. So with that said, the first thing I do ask people when they call is whether or not they brought up the issue with their current therapist. If you're experiencing this lag or low or just outright I don't want to do this with this particular therapist type of feel, that is something you should talk with the therapist about. The reason for that is because that issue is between you and the therapist. Now, with that said, if you don't address that issue between you and the therapist, you're never going to really know what's going on. That doesn't mean that you're going to stay with the therapist. It doesn't mean that you necessarily uh, have to leave the therapist, but it does give you back a part of you that belongs to you. And that's really important because chances are that this issue, it looks different with the therapist, of course, but this issue probably came up or comes up with other people and they either avoid telling you, beat around the bush with telling you, or they're very, very gut-punching direct and they tell you what the problem is. Oftentimes when people come into therapy, this issue has probably come up quite a bit in their lives and no one has either told them or shared that with them in a way that they can take in digest and and do something productive with it. So that's the first thing. Talk with your therapist. Do not call another therapist and say, I want a new therapist, unless you've talked with your current therapist about what's going on and what you dislike. Now, with that said, this is really important because your therapist may not even know that you're having a problem with him or her, truly. A lot of times when people call me and they say I'm looking for a new therapist and I say, well, have you talked with your therapist about the reason you want to find a new therapist? Most of them say no. I'll say, hey, what's going on? They'll tell me just, you know, in, in five or six sentences what's happening. And I'll say, ah, it sounds like X, Y, or Z. Why don't you go back and talk with them about it? And then if you both feel like, hey, this is not something that I can help you with, and they support you going and finding a new therapist, that's fantastic, that's awesome. Oftentimes when that does happen, that particular outcome, the therapist can actually help the patient Feel affirmed in that, yes, you have a valid point. I was feeling that too. Or, yes, you have a valid point. I was unaware of it. And now that I am, that's not something I can actually help you with. Or they may even say, yes, you have a valid point. I've been meaning to talk with you about it. So, this is a great opportunity for us to process that. And for the patient and the therapist, but more so for the patient, there's this huge sense of relief that they were able to use their voice. They were affirmed in one way or another, and they're not crazy. They're not just making this up. This isn't just another relationship that didn't go well. So that's the benefit of going back and talking with your therapist. You're able to terminate, and sometimes it takes you know a few sessions before you terminate. Sometimes if, if the therapeutic relationship is, is pretty decent, you'll go back a couple times, talk about the things that you discovered and learned about yourself, talk about how this was helpful, how things could have been maybe better from your perspective, what you would like to learn more about moving forward in your in your next chapter of therapy. There's so much there. Relationships in, in our culture tend to end abruptly, without any goodbyes, without any understanding. And it's very awkward because when you run across that person again, you know that things were left unfinished. And those often happen in our families, in our younger relationships. We've seen it modeled in our families, maybe in our communities where people just stop talking to each other. Remember, therapy is a way for us to do it differently. It's a way for us to find healthy ways of terminating because in life, everything is about termination. There's always an end, whether it's to a particular type of relationship and you're moving on to a different type of relationship with the same person, right? So you go from being friends, maybe to uh, dating, maybe to marriage and then parenthood and maybe divorce, right? All with the same person. So therapy is a really wonderful way to help us learn how to deal with, Endings right, and a lot of times we don't know how to do that. So, doing that with your therapist is an excellent way to at least have an experience of being able to terminate and not have it be permanent. And even if it is permanent, not have it feel like you're avoiding something, you've actually addressed an issue that you have um, or addressed a concern. So, this is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Now, with that said. What I also tell people about being um, in a therapeutic relationship is patients will often enact, right? So you might actually do in therapy, in fact, I know you will, <laughs> you'll do in therapy what you do out in the world. And this is important. This is fantastic, because this is the therapist's opportunity to get firsthand data experience, information about what it is you're coming in to work on. The reason why this is so important is because you may not even realize that you do something. So in the first session for a lot of my clients, and sometimes maybe the fourth or the fifth session, I will give them back a dynamic that belongs to them. Okay. And when I say I give that back to them, or this is a part of you that belongs to you, we often leave ourselves in pieces all over the place and in different relationships with different people. So when someone gives you back something that belongs to you, either a trade or a quality or a behavior, it's your opportunity to say, oh, thank you. This is mine. I didn't know it belonged to me. I didn't know I dropped it. And then you can determine whether or not this is something you want to keep, if you want to evolve it or whatever, okay? So, what happens with me with the patient is I will say, Hey, you know, I noticed that a, there's a pattern um, from the last several minutes, or there's a pattern that you have over the last several sessions when it comes to dealing with relationships, okay? And I'll just make it um, easier. I'll I'll, I'll make up a scenario that's pretty common, um, not particular to anyone, but that's pretty common. And um, I'll show you what I mean. So say there's a woman. um, It could be a guy, too. But say there's a woman who comes in and they say, hey, I'm always arguing with everyone. I, I seem to have a problem with folks, and they don't like the way that I talk to them. They say I can be condescending. And dismissive right and I'll say okay well tell me more about that and then they'll start to tell me more about that and as they're telling me all of these examples of when people have said they were condescending I go oh that's interesting I'm just making these mental notes if you work with me you know I, I don't take notes or very rarely do I take notes and so I try to stay present with you all so I'll take these mental notes And then say, I said, well, you know, it sounds like people don't feel like you might truly hear what they're saying or or maybe understand what they're saying. And after I make uh, an an assessment or an analysis, um, the patient may say, well, duh, that's not actually what I said. I mean, part of it is what I said, but. What I'm saying is, is that dot, 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 dot. So, I mean, I'm not sure if, if maybe I'm not saying it in a way that you can hear it, or if maybe you just need to listen to more about what I'm saying and not interjecting. Maybe just let me finish the story. And in that moment, I may perk up a little bit and I'll go, oh, interesting. And I'll often say, you know what, let's push pause. For those people who have worked with me, they know my pause button is a moment of reflection and introspection. And so I'll say, hey, um, can we just look at what happened just now? And usually they'll stop and they'll go, I'm not finished. I'm like, well, well, I I think we have a lot of data here. I I don't know if we need any more data. We might, but let's just look at what, Happen between us, and usually when I say that, the patient often looks a little perplexed not confused but perplexed. And I'll say, Did you hear you? and they'll say, Yeah, you weren't listening, and I said X, Y, or Z. I'm like, Okay, so perfect, this is beautiful. Did you just hear what you just said in this moment right now? and they'll say, Yeah, and I'll say, Okay, perfect now. Did you hear how you said it? And that is when they stop. And they'll say, well, yeah. And I said, well, what did you hear and how did you hear that? And oftentimes, people can't put their finger on it, but they know something just happened. So in that exchange that I just created, there is that element of, You know, something's wrong with the therapist. You didn't let me finish. You know, it's your fault that you didn't understand and you're basically an idiot. (laughs) So the condescending tone that people often talk about, they can catch themselves not so much in it as it's happening, but right after it happens. So in those moments, we can look and say, oh, what's going on? Now, how does that tie into whether or not it's the therapist or if the patient's being resistant? If the therapist is paying close enough attention, the therapist can help the patient understand how their tone, their prosody, their their use of words conveys an entire meaning to someone can convey an entire feeling about someone or an entire thought about what that person is or is not or is saying or is not saying it's when we as therapists might miss that or we can't pull it together in words for the patient to give it back to the patient that the patient may feel like you don't get me okay now if the patient is saying, oh, you got me, and I just don't agree with it, right, there may be some resistance there. There may, they may it may not be, there may, ugh, excuse me, there may not be any resistance there, but we can explore that in the next section. So the first thing is being able to be present enough as the therapist to say, this belongs to you. And the way we do that often sets the stage for whether or not we can explore the patient being resistant. So if I were to say that, hey, can you hear that? And they go, oh, I could see that. I didn't mean anything, by that's not what I intended to convey. Now we can talk about resistance. Now the resistance would only be a discussion for us to have if the patient goes, yeah, but, and they can't get past the but. They keep saying, it's not my fault. That's not what I intended, dot, 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 da, da da. So this is a beautiful and very basic example of what resistance looks like within a therapeutic session. So if you find yourself saying that a lot to your therapist, that's when we go, oh, what's going on? There's, there's some defensiveness. There's some resistance to, to that being part of you. And the patient may say something, and again, I'm making this up. The patient may say something along the lines of, well, because it's just not what I intended to do. That's not what I meant. You know, I can't help, you know, I can't control what people hear. That's not my fault. Now, this may be true. We cannot. But what we can do is own that there may be a part of us that does believe that there might be some kind of condescending feeling about this person. Maybe we don't think they're the brightest bulb in the box. Maybe they're a pain in the ass and we just don't like dealing with them. Or maybe they always have a question because they never pay attention. It's about the therapist then saying, well, is there a part of you, right? You might not have meant it in that scenario, but is there a part of you that may actually be irritated with this person? about maybe something completely unrelated. Now, the patient may say, yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with the meeting. And then that's when the therapist could say, absolutely, didn't have anything to do with the meeting, but look how it showed up. It's kind of like the two-year-old who's fine because he he wants to go outside, but then when he gets to the cereal aisle of the grocery store, has a full-blown tantrum, and the mother is like, Oh my God. Oh my God. What do I do? Like, why are you having a tantrum in the cereal aisle? And he goes, well, I want the Lucky Charms. Well, we get the Lucky Charms, but maybe the kid's sleepy, right? Maybe the kid's upset because he, or she could not do something and he got triggered, right? When mom said, not the big box of Lucky Charms, maybe the small box. So these are things that come up when we least expect it or when they get triggered or when we accidentally brush across them in our everyday lives and in scenarios, all right? So when you are really feeling like, hey, this therapist is not a good fit for me, I really do want you to take a moment and say to yourself, did I tell the therapist I was having a problem? Or that I feel we are having a problem. In a way that's genuine and and looking and being hopeful to work through it. Okay, not just get past it, but work through it. Because if you're looking to be able to work through it, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. If anything, you'll learn how to use your voice and have a healthy conversation about something that was really bothering you. And if both of you agree, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I'm the best therapist for you. Now you get affirmed that, hey, something was not working for me and apparently not for the therapist as well. And now I have an opportunity to move on in a way that's healthy with the support of my current therapist. And now I, I have this new uh, tool that, that I can use of using my voice. And I also have this part of me that I can integrate that was avoidant or maybe fearful or something like that. And it doesn't have to be. I had a positive experience about me using my voice. And so I don't necessarily have to avoid or be afraid to speak up for myself in the future. Okay. So with that said, Before you call me or another therapist and you're having a problem um, with your current therapist, talk with them and see what comes up. And if they tell you what they're noticing, consider the possibility that they may have a point. It may not be a big point. It may not be a big chunk of why you're in there or what you think you're in there for. But I promise you, it's those little things, those little parts of us that seem to be insignificant, that are really, really huge barriers to our healing and actually can be huge bridges to our growth. So with that, I hope this was helpful. This is Dr. Jeannie Christerna, the psychological surgeon. If you're looking to do deeper work and you've gone as far as you can go in traditional psychotherapy, then give me a call, 312-382-8710, extension 150, or you can simply push extension 150. And visit my website at www.highachiever.net with love, light, and every good wish. Bye.